0: All wings, report in. House Dog, standing by. Mother Goose, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal Squadron ready for battle. Hello there, and welcome to the very first episode of Animal Squadron. With your host, House Dog, a.k.a. Mac, alongside me, as always, my co-pilot, my favorite person to fly around in the galaxy with... Mother Goose, how you doing today, man? Hey, everybody. I'm doing really, really well. That's great. That's great. You know, I'm just really excited to be here, finally doing this. You know, it's been a dream of ours for a while now. So, uh, you know, this is a very chill podcast, very friendly for everyone. So uh, we're just going to introduce ourselves, tell you what's going on, tell you what this is all about. So, uh, Elijah, also known as Mother Goose out there, why don't you tell everybody just how we met, how we became friends.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely. So, I actually grew up in New Mexico, and then for my junior and sophomore years of high school, I actually moved to Texas, and my second semester of my junior year, I joined theater. I was a huge theater nerd, I loved it, uh, but I didn't really have any friends. Uh, I knew one guy. And he'll actually probably appear on this podcast at some point. But that was it. Um, and he was talking to this group of guys. And House Dog was amongst these guys. And I, I'm i not going to lie. I was really scared of House Dog. I thought he was going to bully me so much. And I feel really bad for thinking that. Uh, because House Dog is actually one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I shouldn't have judged him just by appearances. But... I was terrified, but I heard them talking about Star Wars, and I was like, okay, if there's one thing I know, it's Star Wars, maybe I can make some friends,
0: and so I went up and introduced
1: (laughs) myself, (laughs) and that's kind of how we met.
0: Which, I just want to say, being afraid of me, yet I was in the theater group as well, so I never quite understood that one, but no, I was so happy to meet Elijah, Uh, he's been one of my best friends for years now. We have strengths that complement each other's weaknesses, and he's been a great friend all these years, lucky to have him. So, you know, let's just dive on in to how we really got the idea for this podcast, why we wanted to do it, why we're excited to be here, why we're excited to have you listening out there, no matter if there's one of you listening, or 50, or 100, whatever the numbers right now, but we're just happy to be doing this, so, uh, this idea for me started a while back, um. I knew Mother Goose was doing YouTube, and I knew he always wanted to break into podcasting, but never really had the time. I never really had the time before, but uh, one day, you know, because of COVID uh, and the quarantine and everything, I just talked to him, and I said, hey, I'd I'd really love to get this idea going. I think we could both do it well. Uh, Once again, we've got great strengths, great weaknesses for each other, so that's kind of how this whole idea came to be, but... Enough of that. How about you say we just jump into Star Wars? Why don't you yeah, tell me, Elijah, definitely. how you got introduced to the Star Wars universe?
1: Okay, so I think one, I, th- I think the first film I ever watched was Episode Five. I- I've probably watched other films, but the first one I can actually remember sitting down and watching was Episode Five, and all I can, all I can remember is. Yoda and Luke talking, just like maybe two or three minutes of the film, but it just really stuck with me, and I just wanted to know more. Um, And then, of course, a couple years later, um, episode three came out, and that was the first film I actually got to go see in theaters—I'm sorry, the first Star Wars film I got to go see in theaters, and I just absolutely fell in love with the series.
0: How about you? That's actually, that's really funny that you mentioned that yours was with the original trilogy, because I'm pretty sure mine was the original trilogy as well. Whenever I would go uh, stay with my grandma in the summers a lot, she had the original trilogy on um, VHS. And I think it was the, it was the re-released versions, the special ones that came in like a, it was on VHS tape, of course. Uh, It was like in a gold and black box. I don't know if you remember that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about.
0: It was the special editions, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it was was either the original trilogy or the Phantom Menace on VHS tape, which we had two tapes of Phantom Menace because I absolutely destroyed our first one from watching (laughs) it so many times as a kid, which is insane. It's a very controversial movie. But
1: it it is. I think I think it's a good movie. I just think that people weren't ready for it yet.
0: I don't know. It's. <laughs> I like it. I I love episode one. It's fun. I do too. And I think one of
1: the biggest complaints about mm-hmm. episode one is the CGI graphics. And we got to look at that back in context. Back when was it? Nineteen ninety nine. Most films yeah. weren't using CGI heavily at that point. No, so, not
0: at not at all. Actually, that movie was groundbreaking.
1: Right, exactly. It was revolutionary for the film industry. And now here we are, twenty one years later, and most films rely heavily on CGI.
0: Right. I mean, w- you you think about it. Where where would the Lord of the Rings trilogy be? And I'm I'm ta- I'm not talking about the Hobbit or anything like that the original, I guess, trilogy you would say now, you know, Return of the King, yeah. uh, Fellowship. Where where would those movies have been without the massive armies of CGI orcs? Like, you, exactly. you have George Lucas to thank for that because it it wouldn't have been there unless that man was paving the way for uh, CGI right there.
1: Right. Him and his team literally pushed the boundaries of film, and I think they deserve Oh, yeah, they were doing things credit.
0: that have... That had never been done before. Which is a great lead into our next topic. What's your favorite movie out of all of them? If you can.
1: Yes, that is definitely a hard topic. But my favorite is definitely episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And the reason behind it is because no matter how many times I watch it, no matter how much I know... What's going to happen? There's always a part of me that sits there and just hopes that Anakin is going to make a a different decision this time. He's not going to go to the dark side. And of course, I know he is, but that film is just written in such a way that emotionally, I just am begging for him not to turn to the dark side. Right. How about you?
0: Uh, it's funny, I'm watching episode 3 right now. I like to watch Star Wars in the background while we talk. Oh, nice. And that's the one I put on, because episode 3 is my favorite as well. It, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. It's probably the one that I've watched the most. Me too. It's probably uh, my favorite because of, uh, like you, it was the first one I ever got to see in theaters. It was with my dad. It was really cool. It was a special day. It took me out of school to go see it. Don't know Same. how he got tickets to it. It was a big deal because it was the last Star Wars movie anyone was ever going to see in theaters. So it was, it was a big deal. I'm glad yeah. that that wasn't the truth, but at Me the too. time, I felt I felt so, um, I don't know, lucky that I got to see it, and it be it be the last one. Yeah. So, but I'd have to say it's. It's my favorite because you know Hayden Christian he he gets so much uh so much hate for the way he portrayed Anakin, but I I really think nobody else could have done a better job. Whenever you really think of the the psychology of him,
1: oh as yeah, a no, I completely agree.
0: So I mean, it goes all the way back to Episode One. You know, Yoda tells Qui Gon that you know you can't train the boy. He's he's much too old to to begin the training, and. You know, he's nine years old. They're taking him away from his mother. He's already got all these attachments. Uh, Obviously, that's not going to pan out very well. Of (laughs) course.
1: And you know, know, even if they kept them separated, the Jedi Order could have saved his mother. Like, they could have gone and got her later.
0: Right. I mean, I I guess they could have, but in... I mean, you look at it, it... there's a whole galactic war going on. Are they really going to go save some woman okay. who's enslaved to help Anakin when, okay. when they already know he's got all these problems?
1: That is true, but there was, what, 10 years between episode 1 and episode 2 before the actual galactic war started? So there's a lot of time, and I think if I was sitting there and I was like, this kid's supposed to be the chosen one, maybe... Any- like he shouldn't have an attachment, but he clearly does have an attachment to his mom. Maybe we should, maybe we should just make sure she doesn't get killed by Tusken Raiders. She doesn't live but the I rest mean, of her life in
0: slavery. That that brings up an excellent point. I mean, through other forms of media, we found out that you know obviously Obi Wan knew what was going on, and if you think he didn't, I'm sorry, but in my opinion, you're wrong. He definitely knew it was going on with Anakin, but you have to consider their relationship you know at times anakin compares him to you know his only father figure you know right. he says you're the only you're the closest thing i've ever had to a father but at a lot of times it's also a brotherhood you know what exactly I mean? so i i don't know where in obi-wan's you know logic he tries to figure out where to be anakin's master but at the same time his friend because yeah. obi-wan gets anakin at what he's roughly, you know, in his 20s. Yeah. He he doesn't he hasn't even gone through the trials yet. He's still a padawan to Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon tells him in Phantom Menace, you know, you're you're ready to take on the trials. And he tells Qui-Gon he's thankful, but you can tell that he's not quite sure that he's ready for that yet. Right. Which And then you give him this random 9-year-old boy from this, you know, dirt ball of a planet and say here, he's the chosen one, so you know he's gonna be really good at everything, even though he's already so advanced in his age. Figure out how to limit him and his abilities, and tell him that he's not the best every day when he clearly knows that he is. <laughs> when he clearly is the best, yeah. So, I mean, they, there's that. Okay, we've gotten way off topic. We here. got way off topic. You- I'm sorry, that's my fault. No, it's good to go down those tangents. That's what this is all about. So yeah, definitely. why don't... Why don't you tell me your favorite, your favorite scene from Episode 3?
1: Okay. Uh, so my favorite scene is actually the ending scene. And I know people meme this scene a lot. But it's where Darth Vader first puts on the suit. And Palpatine tells him that Padme is dead. And I love this scene because of the way it's shot. Because we see Anakin becoming Darth Vader. And we see Padme actually dying and it's it's there's these parallels of these two lovers who are dying and yes tech technically Anakin is still alive but Anakin is dead. He's efficiently become or effectively become Darth Vader. Um and so we see this couple that we've fallen that we followed both pass away but we've also see the birth of their children and I just really love that. The way George Lucas shot it, and just the meaning behind it.
0: Yeah, I've actually found this really. Well, I heard this interesting theory the other day. That I mean, now due to the the newest trilogy and um, the whole stealing life essence from another thing and using it, uh, somebody actually called back to that in Episode Three. You know, Palpatine's with Anakin. You know, he says, "I need to find him quick." On Mustafar and they find him and that's mm. immediately in the scene coinciding with it is whenever Padme starts to give birth and uh, the little delivery robot thing that's there says she starts dying but medically she's fine and that she's lost the will to live well meanwhile uh, Darth is undergoing this massive surgery that I'm sorry even in the Star Wars universe nobody could survive that so this whole theory is saying that Palpatine was stealing uh, Padme's life essence that entire time and putting it into Darth Vader so that he could survive.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, it makes me so, ha- so sad, but also kind of happy because it's like it's like Anakin still had Padme with him. That makes me very emotional. I don't know how to feel about that.
0: It's interesting, to say the least. I, I don't know if that's been confirmed as a thing yet. Uh, it's just a theory I heard. thought it was pretty interesting. But yeah. I, I think it could be plausible. Um, oh, definitely. Obviously, Palpatine's the only one with that knowledge, so who else could it be? And why Son else would guy. Padme die? And, you know, that that scene gets meaned a lot too like you said earlier that oh she just she died because she was sad she didn't die because she was sad she had her life essence stolen I'm sorry it's the only plausible answer at this point
1: I definitely I've heard a theory that Palpatine had her killed uh, but it was more along the lines of he somehow had control of the robot that was taking care of her and it killed her Um, but I like that I like your theory a lot more
0: I think it's a lot more possible than an uh, assassin robot in the maternity oh, yeah. ward.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so how about you? What's your favorite scene?
0: Oh, my favorite scene from episode three. It's a very tough one. There- there's so much good in that movie. It That's why it's my favorite, obviously. I'd have to say... Mm. I've seen this movie a million times and I'm struggling.
1: (laughs) There's so much good with it. So many amazing There is!
0: It's so hard to pick a moment. It's just like any of the films. You go through any of the films, whether you love them or hate them, and there is good moments in all of them. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I, I think I figured out my favorite scene. Okay. It's... Right after the the best duel in all of Star Wars, you can't change my mind. And it's where Anakin's lying there about to be burned by the lava, and he's on fire. And, you know, Obi-Wan does this famous speech that pretty much we all know by heart. And if you don't, you know you're lying to yourself, because I even <laughs> know it by heart. Um, and that's only because of I'm sure you've seen I don't know if it was on Reddit or whatever but it's that whole uh comparison between that speech that Obi-Wan gives and then him talking to Luke later about his father dying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have you
0: read that? I have, yeah. It's and it, it also compares the the scene in A New Hope where uh Luke's asking uh Uncle Owen about Ben And he says, well, he died around the same time as your father. That's where that post starts, I believe, is from that quote. And it it brings up that scene, and it it talks about how Obi-Wan really did die on Mustafar along with Anakin. I don't think we've ever really uh, thought about that. Is that he, while Anakin dies and becomes Darth Vader laying on the Mustafarian fields, uh, so does Obi-Wan. You know, Obi-Wan's gone after that. After that, it's been.
1: Yeah, that's oh, such an amazing scene and it's just like what those films were almost 30 years apart. Right. What was it? 1977 in a New Hope and 2005. Yeah. If I remember Yeah, 2005
0: correctly. for episode 3. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: Um man, just the way George Lucas planned everything was so amazing. It uh, poor Obi Wan.
0: Right. It's just whenever you bring up one scene from one of the movies, it always brings up another scene, right? right. Because he was so uh he delves so deep in the idea of mythological, you know, uh characters and their stories behind them. So of course everything always ties into something else and there's always a lesson within either a character, or a place, or an idea. Yeah. So that's why we have this huge universe ever-expanding every day, whether it's through comics, books, movies, TV shows, whatever, that we see all these drawbacks and ideas that come back to an idea that he had 30, almost 40 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He really is... like. It makes me really sad because I feel like a lot of the Star Wars community, I think it's getting better now, but they really hated George, George Lucas. And that just makes me so sad because he put so much time and effort into creating this amazing universe that we all love so much.
0: Right, but I think it's like with anything. Uh, you love the creator as much as you hate him. Because yeah. if he gets one thing wrong or he does one thing that you perceive is wrong in your mind, because well, if I was directing the movie, it would have gone that way. Well, guess what, buddy? You're not directing the movie. <laughs> Star Wars is for everyone. You. As it you was, know, Star Wars is for everyone as as much as it yeah. is the individual. Right? We all have our own pieces that we take with us.
1: Exactly. As much yeah. as we
0: share, and I think that's the grand idea of Star Wars. It's it's sharing as much as it is individualizing for yourself.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think there's a lot of a lot of moments in Star Wars that might really connect with someone, but they might not connect to the next person, you know? I think right. and I think it also depends on when you watch them. Like back in the where there's this I mean, I feel like most people generally love the entire saga, but I also feel like most people love the one they grew up with the most. So there's the original trilogy fans. You and I are obviously huge prequel fans. And
0: I think in another
1: 10 or 15 years, we're going to see this big, like awakening of, (laughs) sorry, I forgot what it was called. Sequel trilogy fans, as they grow older and actually start being able to create their own content, whatever social media we have in 10 years, they're going to start, making content on Star Wars, and it's we're going to see just how much they loved the sequel trilogy, just like the original trilogy fans got to see just how much we loved the
0: prequel trilogy. So you're saying that the Force will awaken? The Force will awaken. I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. I saw the opportunity.
1: Never be sorry.
0: Always take the opportunity. So we've talked about... A lot of the things we love. Why don't Why don't we get a little bit cynical and talk about the things we don't like? Why don't Why don't you tell me your least favorite movie and, and why is it your least favorite?
1: Okay, so I know I know at some point we're gonna have an actual debate on this because we have very very different views. um So stay posted. We will probably record that here pretty soon. I don't know where on the schedule, but it's definitely coming. Uh, My least favorite is Episode 8, The Last Jedi, and let me tell you why. I completely agree with Luke's philosophy that the Jedi were evil, that they'd become corrupt, they were turning a blind eye, they literally let the Sith take over the galaxy right under their noses. I completely agree that the Jedi did need to die, but the thing is they did die back in episode three that that is why Anakin was sent to rebalance the force I really I know everybody has their different views on the chosen one prophecy, but I really think that he was meant to rebalance the Sith and the Jedi. Both orders had become unbalanced um and I believe he did that. And it was Luke's job to now bring about a new Jedi Order that was free of the unbalance that the original Jedi Order had. But in st- <laughs> But, he then just... He has a hard time, he gives up, and then just goes about really saying the Jedi need to die. And again, I agree, they did need to die, but they did die. I don't know if that made sense. But yes.
0: No interesting thoughts. I, I will say, and we will get into this at a later time, like many things. But you know what is balance? That's that's the great question that we see throughout the entire saga. Is balance a number? Is balance who's in control? We we can't determine that. Only the force can determine what the balance is. So even now, with the ninth movie over, is the galaxy in balance? We don't know.
1: And I think and really Another interesting question is obviously George Lucas is a western creator but he took a lot of eastern influences when creating Star Wars so when we're talking about balance are we talking about a westerners view of balance or are we talking about an eastern view of balance?
0: Right, Which because he uses right, I yeah, I agree with you 100% we don't know which is the fun part about it. Who, Where is exactly. the idea coming from? Is it coming from the Greek mythology? Is it coming from his idea of how Star Wars, in a lot of respects, is a Western? But at the same time, it's also you know, very heavily influenced by samurai and honor and all of those things that come from you know, an Asian culture that he was heavily influenced by.
1: Right, and which is part of the reason that it's absolutely so amazing. It doesn't take influence from just one source. Right. But it also leaves a lot open for discussion. Anyway, we will get it... We'll get back into episode 8 at a later date. What is your least favorite movie?
0: Oh, this is easy. I don't even have to think for this one. Rogue One, without a doubt. My least (laughs) favorite movie. It was boring to me. Uh... Interesting bit of information. Elijah and I have seen every Star Wars movie that's come out uh, in recent years together. Rogue One was the first one that came out, right?
1: Um. Uh, yes. Well, so my sister made me promise that I would go see uh, Episode Seven with her before I went to go see it with my friends. So I think that's the only one. That's the only one we haven't watched together. But I think Rogue One came came out after episode 7.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. But we still saw episode 7 together. Yes. Yeah,
1: literally, I went with my sister opening night, and then you and I went the next day.
0: Yeah, so we have seen every Star Wars that's come out within the past couple of years together. Um, yeah. I will say, I fell asleep in Rogue One. Uh, we went to the opening of it. I. It honestly, it didn't really grab me at all. I understand the concept my favorite part of the movie was K2SO. He, he was my favorite part. Everybody else, I didn't really feel anything whenever they blew up on Scarif. Sorry. Rest in peace.
1: Well, eh. it's hard. It's hard when you go into a prequel because you already know what's going to happen. You may not know the specific details that lead you to that, or the characters to that point, but you know what's going to happen.
0: Right. I guess I mean, I thought it was cool whenever saw Guerrero showed up because you know we had um we had Rebels by that time. Right. So we we knew who he was and it was cool to see him and it was cool uh Wait, was was Rebels out by then? Oh,
1: actually I don't think it was. I can do a quick Because I think Google it was a,
0: search. Yeah. Yeah, just Google real quick and I'll, I'll ramble on about Rogue one more. Okay, uh another thing I didn't really like about it was i like I said, I couldn't find myself caring about you know Jin or cassian or any of that. I mean I get it. it it sets up other things that we see later on and it helps connect the dots between you know what happens right before new hope, but for the most part i just didn't it just didn't get me going. I'm sorry, but. Parts of it were cool, but for the most part, I just I wasn't that into it.
1: That's okay. Okay, I just... And it's important...
0: It okay, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think it's important to understand that it is okay to have these opinions. Just because it's Star Wars and we love Star Wars doesn't mean we have to love all of it. We can pick and choose our favorite things.
1: Exactly, and I think something else that's really important is understanding that even if I may not like Episode Eight or you may not like Rogue One, it's totally okay for someone else to like those movies. I think that's a a big mistake a lot of the Star Wars community made back when the prequels came out. They they made people feel like they had to hate the prequels, and if they didn't, they had no taste, they weren't real Star Wars fans so on and so forth. So I think, you know, it's very important for us as a community to let people know that it's okay for us to disagree. It's okay for you to like films that I don't, and it's okay for me to like films that you don't.
0: Mother Goose, Defender of the Prequels.
1: Till the day I die. <laughs> okay, do you do you find those dates for me? Yes. Um so um Rebels came out first, it came out in 2014, while Rogue One came out in 2016.
0: Okay, so that that's why I remember it was a big deal that we saw Forrest Whitaker in the movie Saw Gerrera, because he voiced uh, Saw in Rebels. Yeah. So it was really cool that he went from animation to uh, real life. As the same yeah, character, definitely. which doesn't happen a whole lot. But that's one thing I will say that they've done an amazing job with in uh, the Star Wars universe as far as animated to uh, screen, is a lot of the people keep the same roles. And they're yeah. able to invite them back, and they're still happy to do them.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like,
0: um, the guy who voices uh, Darth Maul, Sam Witwer, who was, if you remember the video game Force Unleashed, uh, voiced Starkiller. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Who's also the voice of Darth Maul in um, Rebels and the Clone Wars series, and he came back for um, Solo.
1: I okay, I knew the other ones, but I didn't. I didn't realize that was him in Solo. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, he's done the voice for Darth Maul. This you know, past however many years it's been.
1: Was that 1999? So 21. Twenty-one years—that's crazy. Good for him.
0: No, he—he he didn't do—he uh, didn't do the one in *Phantom Menace*. I don't think he's right. that old.
1: You're right. My brain stopped working for a second. <laughs> forgive me, House Dog. I have failed. I will
0: you. never forgive you. Yeah. So no, he's done the voice from all since uh, *Clone Wars*. Got and it. Then okay. Rebels. Yeah. And then, of course, Solo. So yeah, he's been the guy for a while. Man, that's awesome. It is. Well,
1: I think that's really all we have for today. But something we want to do is we want to give you guys the opportunity to send in your Star Wars questions. So we have an official Animal Squadron uh, email account. So if you have any questions, feel free to just send us an email. The email is animal squadron at gmail.com.
0: That's right. Uh, you can also look us up. We have an Instagram page. It's just going to be Animal Squadron. And if that needs to be updated, we'll update it later, but look for that. Uh, you can send us a DM there. We'll check them periodically. And uh, like I said, maybe we'll do questions at the end of an episode, or we'll just have episodes where we take all your questions, answer them, and we'll do like a a fan episode for you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What you guys have to look forward to next time is we will be covering... And Elijah's very excited for this, because he is the defender of the prequels. We'll be covering uh, Phantom Menace, so we're going to rewatch watch that, uh, write down our ideas about the movie, uh, scenes, tie-ins to other movies like we talked about earlier, and uh, just Phantom Menace in general. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm very excited for it, because I do love Phantom Menace. It's great. It, it really is a good film. All right, Elijah. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, uh, stuff you want to promote, things like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I've got a YouTube channel. You guys can find me at Mother Goose Twenty Seven. We will be for sure posting the first couple episodes of the podcast on there. Uh, but I also have TikTok, uh, the official Mother Goose Twenty Seven. If you guys want to follow me there as well, and yeah, I think that's about all for me. House Dog, you got anything you want to promote?
0: Uh, I love promoting your channel. It's one of my favorite things. It's a great channel. He puts a lot of work into it. Ah. If you want to contact me, some uh, just DM us at that Animal Squadron Instagram. I'll be on there most of the time. Or, uh, you know, mention me in the email, and I'll make sure to uh, reply to you directly.
1: Well, everybody, thank you so much for stopping by our podcast. We really appreciate it. For Animal Squadron, this has been Mother Goose.
0: And House Dog.